Hello and welcome to CSM Toolbox. This week's episode features Will Stevenson. Will is the founder and COO of Onboard, a software built to help companies onboard their customers faster. He has over 10 years of experience building and leading CS and onboarding teams at high growth B2B SaaS companies and was recently named one of the top 100 CS strategists. He'll be telling us more about it and his journey next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. Really spending time and meeting with each person. And a side note on that, I think it's really important to build and foster those relationships because those are the people that you're asking to give a, a huge part of their life to work with you. So you might as well build those genuine relationships and build fun and enjoyable experiences for everyone. Thank you so much, Will, for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. That's great. Uh, so yeah, maybe just to get things started, looking at Onboard and your profile, I'm curious, what problem is Onboard trying to solve? Sure. So Onboard is solving the problem of inefficient and cumbersome customer onboarding. We're really focused on helping companies organize, automate, and manage their onboarding process better, which ultimately enables them to onboard their customers better and faster. You have seen this from the customer success community as well. The emphasis we need, it's not that even that we want, but that we need when it comes to that first interaction, those first 30 days, uh, 60 days with the customer starts from day one, but obviously that's how much planning or how conscious we need to be when a customer joins and a customer signs with a company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say trust is made or broken in the in the onboarding uh, phase of the customer lifecycle. It's, it's a really crucial point to help build that trust with that customer and prove that they've, they've made a really good decision purchasing your product. And actually on that note, um, what have you learned from your customers' feedback so far? So much. <laughs> so our product was, it was initially built off of my personal experience having managed CS and onboarding teams for the last 10 years or so. But at this stage, we're really in the phase of customer feedback is, is drastically outweighing my experiences. So mm -hmm. while I like to think that I have really great experience in this space, we work mm -hmm. with so many really awesome customers that have a ton of really interesting experience across a lot of different industries and businesses. So we're really fortunate in, in that space. But we also, we have a fairly unique history in the fact that we had the opportunity to raise money pre-product. So we were really building the product and not optimizing for revenue at that period uh, of time. And I'd even argue we're, we're still not optimizing for revenue. We're really optimizing for usage and feedback from the customers. But we had we had about six months of early access usage from highly engaged customers providing a ton of feedback. But I would say ultimately what we've learned at this stage is is market validation, meaning exactly what you were saying earlier, which is 
I think the CS world is kind of coming to this realization that CS software has been around for a while now, but there hasn't really been any any real focus on the customer onboarding process. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're excited about that. There are a few light bulb moments when the customers mm-hmm. see our product for the first time, which is, is exciting for us and exciting for them. But I, I personally love that when I see a new product and I think, how did I ever do this before this product <laughs> and that's that's really what we're seeing from our customers which is which is awesome yeah definitely that light bulb moment and companies might approach onboarding differently some uh, platforms software might have a different level of complexity others might not need that hand holding at all so changes from a uh, product to product for sure but as you said i think that uh, market validation and that light bulb moment when the customer is actually agreeing with you, agreeing with them, their customer success manager or their account manager as well, as in, yeah, how was I doing <laughs> my activities or whatever without uh, your product? That's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Your role as a founder and COO What skills do you think are essential to not only survive, but to thrive uh, in your type of role as a founder and COO? Yeah, I'll touch on a few. I think there's so many, but the the skill set that comes top of mind, I'm a huge fan of focus. So that's Mm. probably my my number one up here. But I'm a huge fan of focus. I believe to be truly great at something, you you really have to hone in on it and give it your undivided attention. One example I can give is I have a one-tab rule. uh, And the Mm. idea is with so many distractions every minute throughout the day, Mm. from Facebook notifications to text messages to Slack alerts to... Mm -hmm all the distractions of working from home, which we're, we're all experiencing or many of us are experiencing, focus is is never been so important. So w- what I do is I put my headphones in, I close my office mm-hmm. door, I put my computer on do not disturb, I pull one mm-hmm. tab out of the browser and only focus on that tab uh, and get work done that way. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I think is really crucial now more than ever is, is focus. Second, I would say is probably communication. So usually when I say that, the first thing that comes to mind is clearly communicating to others. But a, a huge part of communication and one one of the biggest that I think we all struggle with is the listening part, right? So you, you have to hear what your team is saying. You have to hear mm-hmm. what your customers are saying. You have to hear what your investors and advisors are saying. But you have to become a really great listener. And then you have to be able to digest that information and communicate a clear plan across everyone that you're listening to. So I, I'd say those are probably the two biggest skill sets that, that I think help kind of propel the business forward. Those are great skills. And actually, I I have to say that I'm not a fan of many tabs. And I know that there, there's a lot of people out there that <laughs> that do have a lot of tabs open. I prefer uh, Firefox over Chrome. When I want to keep things separate, I use like different browsers, but I wouldn't necessarily have many tabs open. And I, I was actually thinking when you were um, saying that that's the way you like to focus. I, I was thinking as well, that's a 
very disciplined. So I think that's uh, that's another skill as well to just yeah. to be very disciplined on that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You're you're one hundred percent right. But yeah, I think it's I, I I get anxiety when I look at people's screens and I see like five thousand tabs open. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how they get anything done. There's just so many things going on in every tab. But yeah, I really like to focus it. And obviously, I mean, it's a It's a. It's not a hard and fast rule. You sometimes you need multiple tabs, but、mm. the idea is really shrink that focus and, and narrow that into to what's important in front of you. And what advice would you give someone that just got hired as a COO at a startup? I'd say there's no shortcut. There's、mm. no silver bullet. Uh, to arm yourself with, you have to arm yourself with information. I mean, you have to really dig deep and, and gather a ton. So, one thing that I've seen personally over my career is it's really not that uncommon for new executives to come in, whether they're in CS, sales, product, or or even a COO role, where they come in and they interview customers and. I think that that's really, really important, and they should definitely do that. It's absolutely something that they should do. But I'm a big believer in also interview all the employees as well. So,、mm. what I mean by that is not interviewing them to say should they keep their job or not, right? <laughs> It's more interviewing them to to learn what's behind the the curtain, right? They know what works,、mm. they know what、mm. doesn't work, they know all the secrets. So. Really spending time and meeting with each person. And a side note on that, I think it's really important to build and foster those relationships because those are the people that you're asking to give a, a huge part of their life to work with you. So it, you might as well build those genuine relationships and build fun and enjoyable experiences for everyone. No one wants to be mis- miserable at work, right? They,、mm-hmm. it's, you want to have a great experience. So,、mm-hmm. really taking the time to build those internal relationships, and then lastly, I'd say don't forget about the product. You have to sit down and really learn the who, what, when, where, why around your customers and, and how and why they're using your product. And I would say don't go light in this area. Don't. Don't just get a demo, or don't just sit in on a few CS calls. Really try and go through the process of using the product yourself, or going through the onboarding experience, even if it's fake data that you're putting in that fake account or, or, or trial account. Really try and go deep into the product to understand everything there is to understand there. But ultimately, my opinion is it's it's always better to have way more information than you need than not enough. You can always filter that information down, but you can't create the information. The example about those genuine relationships internally is quite important, especially now that, as you alluded earlier, about being remote and thinking about fostering those relationships virtually, remotely, most likely since last year and this year as well. That now leadership have had to. Maybe look at again those genuine relationships in a different way as well, and how you can maintain and and continue having them with your team. Absolutely, I think 
we're seeing the pros and the cons of dispersed teams right now across mm-hmm. the industry, not just across onboard. But we were planning on being a dispersed team even prior to, to COVID. And that's that's how we built the business thus far. So, But there's a lot of pros to working from home or working from anywhere, right? Which a lot of people mm-hmm. work from, from anywhere. But there are a lot of pros, but we can't forget about some of the cons, which are there's not as much learning by osmosis, right? When you have an Mm. office to go to and you sit down around two or 10 or a hundred people that are doing the same uh, type of work that you Mm. are across different departments and fighting for the same end goal, you learn a lot just by being surrounded and overhearing conversations and getting involved in things that you otherwise wouldn't get involved in. So working from home There's a lot of emphasis that needs to be put on communicating and knowledge sharing and ensuring that people are learning as quickly as possible. But one thing that that I don't think has changed is the culture of of building genuine relationships, whether I'm in an office with people or we're fully dispersed. One of the the key questions that I always ask in an, in an interview is, how can I help you grow personally and professionally? And I really like to ask that open-ended question because a lot of times mm-hmm. you'll get really interesting feedback, but it's also just another, it's another data point of information that that person is giving you that helps you build that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn what they like, what they don't like, you learn what they like to do outside of work and all of those things play a key part when building relationships. You know, you don't want just, we're kind of beyond that time where the workforce is evolving where it's not just like, like I hear a lot of, of work-life balance discussion, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of work-life integration, right? Mm-hmm. Because at this point in this life cycle of, of, crazy world that we're in and evolving workforces, what we're finding is I may have to do something at 8 p.m., but I might also have a doctor's appointment at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's that's fine. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's a big part of it for me is like figuring out those those relationships and helping people grow personally and professionally and realizing that this isn't like a nine to five anymore with people mm-hmm. working from home. People work more, they work less, but it all evens out at the end and, and we need to we need to all be human about that. As well about that um, comment you made about work life integration. I think now there are more companies, leadership trying to change or adapt the mindset they had as well. But, and, and you're right. I don't think many, I, I see LinkedIn posts as well about the great attrition. And I think it's also, again, finding that balance if employees decide to, or have the option to either work from home, work from anywhere, but as well, it's now as well, people are thinking, as, as you mentioned, that if, they are missing that, the learnings that we can have from being in the same office. And I think we will continue perhaps that discussion in in the next year or, or even more, I, I will say, moving forward, because there are still, not just from companies, but individuals, 
looking for what works best in, in their current situation. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think we're just going to get more information about mm. how this all shakes out, right? But with time, time gives us more information. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next 12 to 18 months and even beyond over the next five years. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. It will be. And actually, just um, as well, uh, conscious of time, and before I let you go, Will, one last question that I like to ask uh, all of my guests. So what's in your toolbox other than on board? What mobile or web app you cannot live without? And it can be work-related yeah. and not work-related. Yeah, I love this question. I'll break it <laughs> down really quick between work and personal. So work-related, I would say, HubSpot and Slack are my two biggest mm. can't live without tools. Also throw in another tool that's becoming increasingly hard for me to live without. It's a tool called Scribe. Their website's oh. scribehow.com, but it is a super awesome tool for documentation. So okay. they record your screen and every time you click, it takes a screenshot of, of the screen and then you can add text notes to, to those screens. So It's, mm. it's probably the fastest way and it's a really nice presentation as well, but it's probably the fastest way that I've ever seen to create support documentation and guides. So I'll throw that in, also throw LinkedIn in there. That's, I mean, that's mm -hmm. how we do that. So we, yeah. I can't discount that at all, right? <laughs> so LinkedIn's awesome. awesome. Personally, I would say just two things. I would say Spotify, noise person, so I have to have music or podcasts on. And then the second is, I would say, probably my Whoopstrap. I don't know if you've ever heard of Whoopstrap, but mm, it's no. a wear, yeah, it's a wearable device. It's, you know, like similar to an Apple Watch or mm. um, something like that. But what I really like about that is it doesn't focus on types of activities like steps or miles cycled. It focuses on strain recovery and sleep. So huh. the, the logic is basically if you have poor sleep and you overstrain yourself, you won't be recovered the next day to, to rinse and repeat. So similar to my business philosophy, it's, it's all about consistency. Well, that sounds like a very interesting parts of your toolbox for sure will <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate the time yeah no thanks will and actually um as well i was wondering if folks might want to reach out to you what would be the best way for them to do that yeah so they can go on onboard.io and they can check out Uh, the website and reach out if they want a demo or if they want to reach out directly to me, feel free to reach out to will at onboard.io. Okay. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes for sure. So we again, thank you so much for your time and have a great rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you so much. Este foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente. Música